0: The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told him this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, "'Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, "'Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours.' But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated, and I'll invite any children that would like to to come up and join me for the children's time. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. The 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke is all about the lost and the found, and it begins with a complaint made by the Pharisees and the scribes about Jesus welcoming and eating with the sinners who had come to listen to him. Jesus responds to their complaints by telling them three parables. The first parable is the story of the lost sheep, in which a shepherd is watching over a flock of a hundred sheep, and they realize that one is missing. The shepherd leaves the 99 to go find the one, and finding it, they lay it over their shoulders and carry it back to the flock. And when they return home, they invite their friends to rejoice with them that the sheep who was lost has been found. Second, he tells them the parable of the lost coin, where a woman who had ten silver coins loses one and searches all over her house until she finds it. She calls her friends to rejoice along with her that it has been found. In each story, it is something seemingly small that had been lost. One sheep out of a hundred, one out of ten coins But the shepherd and the woman move heaven and earth to make sure that it is found, and insist that their friends rejoice with them. For Jesus says, this is what God is like when one lost sinner is found, when one sinner comes home. Third, finally, and most beautifully, is our gospel story today, the beloved story of the prodigal son and the loving father. And the story begins with an outrageous request the younger son asks for his share of his inheritance while his father is yet alive. Biblical scholar N.T. Wright explains that asking for his share before his father's death was the equivalent of saying to him, I wish you were dead. It was a great insult and dishonored his father, and yet his father grants him his wish. And the son promptly goes off to foreign lands and engages in dissolute living, and the story practically Tracks his progress from his estrangement from his family, mismanagement of his inheritance, and descent into poverty and privation. He finally hits rock bottom, caring for pigs and longing to eat their food. And Jesus' listeners would have known, as Wright again explains, that for a Jew to have anything to do with pigs was bad enough, but for him to be feeding them and hungry enough to share their food was worse. For everyone knew at that time. That swine, that pigs, were an abomination. And so, sitting there, surrounded by his utter failure, having insulted his father, shamed his family, squandered his inheritance, and made a total mess of his life, he says to it's the scripture says he came to himself, and he reasoned that it would be better to be one of his father's servants than to work in that pigsty. And so he got up and made his way home, rehearsing his apology and his plea for his father to take him in as a servant. And I imagine him making that journey, repeating it over and over again. Father, I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worried to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. Father, I have sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. And as he approaches his former home, his father sees him coming up the path, and it says, full of compassion, his father runs out to meet him. And Wright explains that in a culture where senior figures are far too dignified to run anywhere, this man takes to his heels as soon as he sees his young son dragging himself home. Propriety and formality are not on his mind at all. He runs out and embraces and kisses his son. He orders his best robe, a ring, and sandals, symbols of his son's restoration as his son and to the household, and calls for a feast, saying, The son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. As I read this story today, what echoes for me is, no matter what has happened No matter how long it has been, it is never too late. We can always come home to God. God is always waiting, not just to welcome us back, but God runs out to meet us and embraces us so powerfully that it almost bowls us over. God hugs us and kisses us and adorns us with signs of our belovedness and calls for a feast. When I think of the story of the prodigal son, I think of my mom. My mom lives in the same town, Catonsville, Maryland, where she grew up and where she raised us. She goes to the same church that she grew up in and that I was baptized in. And we have a running joke in our family that Rose will never leave good old Catonsville. And it's all the more true now that she travels less than she once did. Catonsville is my mom's happy home. And yet, like the loving father, she looks out her proverbial window watching out over me and my sister and her grandkids, following them on Instagram and Facebook, sending emails and cards for every occasion, and watching these services. Hi, Mom. (laughs) And regular long phone calls. And each of those phone calls that we have feels like an embrace to me. I can tell in the background as she's coming to the phone that she has just dropped whatever it was she was doing. And she tells me how happy she is to hear my voice. And she lets me drone on and on all about myself and my ministry. She is home to me. Wherever I have gone, Florida, North Carolina, Boston, Philly, pilgrimaging in Europe, however long it has been, I know I can always return home to her. And just so, wherever we go, whatever we do, we can always come home to God. The Catholic spiritual writer Henry Nowen has a beautiful book about the story of the prodigal son and the loving father called The Return of the Prodigal, A Story of Homecoming. And it's inspired by Rembrandt's painting of this story from the 1660s, which depicts the loving father with his hands on the shoulders of a kneeling son, who has just returned home. Now, and says of this story, all the gospel is there. Here is the God that I want to believe in, a father who, from the beginning of creation, has stretched out his arms in merciful blessing, never forcing himself on anyone, but always waiting, never letting his arms drop down in despair, but always hoping that his children will return so that he can speak words of love to them and let his tired arms rest on their shoulders. His only desire is to bless. The Father wants simply to let them know that the love they have searched for in such distorted ways has been, is, and will always be there for them. The Father wants to say, You are my beloved. On you my favor rests. There are times in our lives when, like the prodigal son, we stray from family, from God, and from ourselves. We stray away from the people and things that we value most. We go off on our adventures, perhaps our misadventures, and we lose sight of home. And this happens in our relationship with God, too. We can lose sight of our home in God. Maybe it's because we've been angry at God or racked with doubt. something has happened to us to question our faith, We become disillusioned or disappointed, or we simply fall out of the habit. And we think, it has been so long since I have prayed. It has been so long since I've been to church. I used to feel so close to God, but now I don't. I've done things that I'm not so proud of. And we feel awkward and embarrassed and judged and so we don't come to church, or we don't pray and we just drift. We desperately long to go home, but we don't believe we can, because we don't believe that we are worthy. Naen says, "Faith is the radical trust that home has always been there and will always be there. He says, Jesus himself became a prodigal son for our sake. There is no journey to God outside of the journey. That Jesus has made. In Jesus, we see that there is no place outside of God's mercy. There is no distant land beyond God's love. Jesus befriended the broken and blessed them. He took in the lost and healed the sinner, the sick, and the discarded. And He didn't do that from afar. He went to them and He went to the cross for them and for us. There is nowhere that we can go. There is no place that we can find ourselves today outside of the bounds of God's love. And home is just a word, just a step away. Home is already here. and puts it this way. The question is not, how am I to find God? But how am I to let myself be found by him? The question is not, how am I to know God? But how am I to let myself be known by God? And finally, the question is not, how am I to love God? But how am I to let myself be loved by God? Wherever you are in the hearing of this story today, at church or at home now, watching later on YouTube or Facebook or listening to the sermon podcast, know that God's love is right here for you as it has always been. And let yourself be found and known and loved. For even now, right now, God is running out to meet you, to find you, to claim and bless and restore you. God doesn't need to hear your well-rehearsed speeches, apologies, excuses, or explanations. All God wants is you, and God loves all of you. And in that moment, God says, rejoice with me. This child of mine was dead and is alive again. They were lost and now are found. It is never too late. It is never too long. There is never too much life or water under the bridge. God is always here, running out to meet you with an embrace that welcomes you home. Amen.